0: Somebody give God a shout of praise from the depth of your heart today. Come on, why don't you lift your voice, clap your hands, lift your voice. Come on, let's praise Him this morning for He is worthy. Hallelujah. My goodness, it feels great here on this Palm Sunday. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord, excited about next Sunday Easter. It's always a great time, but I like what's happening today. And I'm glad you're here. We have guests in the house. CLC, would you give all of our guests a great big God bless you? Thank you for being here. What a wonderful time. What a wonderful day for us to be together. There's a lot going on at CLC, and we recognize that. Of course, Palm Sunday, it's a wonderful day. This is very significant in Scripture where Jesus begins. It is the beginning of the passion of Christ as he enters back into Jerusalem riding on a colt and they come waving palm branches and saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. Very significant Sunday. We're glad you're here worshiping with us. and Of course, the storms that came through have passed over and the sun is shining again. And we're thankful for that. I. I pray you all fared well. I did not contact everyone. I tried to reach out to those that I thought may be in situations that were most strategic. And it seems like most everyone I've communicated with. Um, I was talking to the Smiths before service. And they said the storm kind of came in and did destruction, lifted up, passed over them and went back down. So I thank the Lord for that. And uh, for all of those that are suffering and experience loss prayers and thoughts are with them this morning and of course we want to be available to um, any of you that need assistance or help during this very very crucial time this is a great time for the church to come together and uh of course our carport um out front suffered just a very minor amount of damage it should take only a few minutes to put that back together and we're thankful the lord has been good to us and um some trees went down, and um, and a few of you have some things to to get cleaned up around your yard, but the sun's shining outside, and springtime's on the way, amen, 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 are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today, amen, we're excited about tonight, our first lady's going to be speaking tonight, we're very excited to hear from her tonight, amen, 6 p.m., you're going to want to be here. She's heard from the Lord and going to be speaking Then Monday night prayer. It's a busy week. It's it's a very, very busy week. Monday night prayer here at 7 o'clock, our midweek service on um, Wednesday. And then Friday night, um, a very special youth service here. And, uh, of course, it is geared toward youth, but it's for all the church. And we hope you can be here. And you're not going to want to miss it because Brother Chad Marshall is going to be preaching. And we're very excited about that. And uh, you're going to want to be here. I think it's his first time to preach here at CLC. And we're very excited to hear from him on Friday night. So mark your calendars and be here. Psalm chapter 137. And I'm going to begin with verse number 1. Psalm 137. Did you enjoy that worship this morning? Did you engage in that worship this morning? Thank you to all the worship team coming early, and it's every week they're here, our ABL team, our musicians, singers, they come before every service prepared. I'm glad they're obedient to the scripture. They sing in the spirit, but they sing with understanding also, and so being on key is a good thing. Amen. Psalm 137, verse number one, By, by the rivers of Babylon there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion hanged our harps on the willows in the midst thereof, for there they carried us away captive, required of us a song, and they wasted us, required of us mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion, in verse 4, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange? I've spoken from this passage many times and I felt drawn back to this passage this morning and I hope that you help me preach this morning. Preaching is not monologue, it's dialogue and I appreciate it when there's a little call and response in the preaching. And on this Palm Sunday, I feel I heard from the Lord yesterday in preparation for this message. And by the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach for a little bit this morning a song after the storm. The song after the storm. Father, we thank you this morning for your word, for this incredible group of people that are here today. God, I believe that the inspiration of the Holy Ghost is going to rest upon us this morning. The power of your spirit is going to speak where my vocabulary falls short. I pray this morning, God, that the strength of the Lord moves in this house today and that every person that came in under the load will leave walking in victory today we give you glory and praise and honor in Jesus' name. Everybody shout in Jesus' name. Now would you give the Lord a great big hand clap one more time. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. You can be seated this morning. Brother Danny mentioned as he was preparing... As he was preparing to lead us into prayer. Brother Danny Lytle mentioned uh, a good friend of ours, a pastor friend, uh, Brother Adam Hill, pastor of McCormick's Creek Church near Spencer, Indiana. He was blessed to receive the news that his wife and daughter survived by hiding in a bathroom, matter of fact, in the bathtub as a storm took out his home on Wolf Creek Road. And it totaled not only their home, but also both of their vehicles that were there. Pastor Hill wasn't home at the time the storm hit, but quickly returned to discover the devastation and to meet his family. His wife, his daughter, and his in-laws were all that survived that Tragic scene. The only four walls standing, according to his father in law, the only four walls left standing contained a praying apostolic family that could do nothing to save themselves other than hide in fear and pray. They trusted, he said, the master of the wind. And the wind stopped within the outside confines of the four walls of that bathroom, of that home that they stayed in. God heard their prayer, and he spared their lives. And we're so very thankful for that. Yesterday, as Pastor Adam Hill pilfered through the wreckage looking for precious items that they may be able to pick up in and around the area, He found a priceless guitar that his uncle had made for him, but of course the guitar is destroyed. Sister Cheryl stripped a a picture from the internet at my request this morning and I toyed with two pictures, one of which uh, you see on the screen and one at which he is seen holding the destroyed guitar with the case laid open. In front of the wreckage, Pastor Hill's uncle, Billy Grammer, was a famous singer and musician who actually uh, was gifted enough to stage, uh, to, to grace the stage of the Grand Ole Opry. Very gifted musician and singer. Billy Grammer handmade this one of a kind guitar and gave it to his nephew before he passed. I uh, often communicate and follow along with uh, my friend Adam Hill who often, uh, he has a great sense of humor and he he often pulls out his guitar and does a a FaceTime live and I'll follow him as he picks the guitar and sometimes sings seriously and sometimes maybe not so seriously but always with a great sense of humor. And... uh, I have seen him as he has displayed the guitar that was made by his famous uncle, Billy Grammer. The guitar was, stro- was destroyed in the storm. In the middle of the wreckage, he found it broken. And he said, if this is the worst thing that happened to me, um, I don't have much to worry about. But of course, the price of that guitar was uh, inequitable when we consider uh, the deep meaning to of loss that Pastor and Sister Hill have undergone. Someone made a statement to him that shook me and it caused me in my prayer to begin to recognize that it can become so easy for us to feel that just because tragedy strikes in our life, That the guitar is broken and the song ends. But the song of the musician lives on after the storm that wrecked the instrument. I came today with a very simple message to remind somebody that regardless what you have gone through or what you may be going through or what you may have experienced in your life, that there is a song after the storm. And what I challenge you to do this morning is begin to look at what you have been through and compare it with where you are. And begin to declare, I'm going to find my song. I'm going to find the song after the storm. I'm going to find the song after cancer. I'm going to find the song after divorce. I'm going to find the song after sorrow and grief and despair and loss. There is a song, because the song lives not in the instrument, but it lives in the singer. When God brought the children of Israel out of bondage to Egypt in Exodus chapter 15, the Israelites sang a song of Moses, but earlier in the story, there was a time when Israel had lost their song. Israel was overtaken and put into captivity. The enemy came and required of them a song, but Israel had lost their song. As a matter of fact, the passage says that they hung the harps on the willows. In other words, they had given up. They had lost hope. There's much more to this story than meets the eye, but if I may pause just for a moment to tell you, don't ever lose hope and give up your song. Because if the enemy can ever cause you to lose hope, he's got you. But I came this morning to preach hope and to preach life and to preach faith back into somebody this morning that may have walked in here feeling hopeless and feeling like you're at the end of the road, but I come today to tell you the storm has passed and you have survived it. What else do you need if the storm is over and you've survived it? God is going to restore the song. But you've got to look for it today and declare, I want my song back. Before Israel lost their song, and before Israel hung the harps on the willow, there's something in that passage that jumped out at me last night. The Bible says that by the rivers of Babylon they sat down. Don't let me be over dramatic this morning, but I do feel that there is not a piece of scripture that is not important. And I want to pull from this, this, this text this morning to point out the fact that, child of God, if you ever sat down, it will help you believe that the enemy has won. Sometimes the worst thing that you can do through a storm is set down. I've seen people go through tragedy and come to me as a pastor, as I lead this wonderful church. They'll come and say, Pastor, I feel like I need to set down. I feel like I need to take a step back. And I don't always say no to that. There are times that I feel that that may be in the best interest of the individual. But most of the time, I challenge them, don't stop. Don't sit down. Don't quit. Because if you sit down just because you're going through something, it is, it is giving the enemy an opportunity to begin to do a work in your mind. You know the greatest battle that you will ever fight is not an external battle, but it is a battle between your ears. It is a battle in your mind that will cause you to believe that you ought to stop, that you ought to quit, that you ought to throw in the towel. Maybe failure has said you ought to throw in the towel. Maybe because you have tried, but you have fallen back into the addiction and you feel like there's no reason to continue. Maybe you have tried time and time again, but you just keep getting knocked down. I come to preach failure. Into somebody this morning and tell you, you need to get back up. Stop sitting down because there's nothing good going to happen when you're down. Come on, stand up mentally, stand up emotionally, stand up spiritually, and declare, I want my song back. Oh, somebody give God praise today. Sit down with the enemy. Don't ever entertain the enemy. Somebody said once, You can't entertain sharks. I see these people that do these deep dives. And they go down, and they feed the sharks. No, thank you. You can't negotiate with sharks. It's like negotiating with terrorists. This isn't a a political speech this morning, but I don't understand trying to negotiate with terrorists. They they have a different worldview than we have. Some some terrorists, their their glory is in dying. The issue with America trying to negotiate with terrorists is that their glory is in dying and our glory is in living. You've got two different backgrounds. How in the world... Are you going to negotiate with them? You can't negotiate with terrorists. You've got to stand strong. But you can't sit down. Child of God, you can't sit down. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us what to do when the enemy comes in. Resist the devil. Am I in the word this morning? When you've done all you can do, sit down. What does it say? When you've done all you can do, therefore, stand. Well, I can't go forward, Pastor. I feel like, stand. I'm not making any progress. Stand. I've been in this for a long time. Stand. You need some help? Find a brother or sister. They'll stand with you. We'll stand in agreement. But don't sit down. Stand. Don't give up because the instrument has been destroyed. Because the song lives within the musician. Don't be weary in well-doing. When having done all to stand, stand. I, I text Brother Hill this morning momentarily. I just wanted to give him a word. I wanted him, first of all, to know he's not alone. And secondly, I wanted him to know that God's going to restore everything that he's lost. I wanted to increase his faith this morning, and I wanted to give hope to him. On this Sunday morning, I'm sure he's probably preaching in McCormick's Creek this morning. And and what tragedy, as a matter of fact, yesterday evening, I think in the state park there at McCormick's Creek, they found an RV with a couple of people who were deceased and they were investigating, trying to find. So that whole little, small, very rural area of Indiana is very, very uh, it's, it's going through a lot right now there are people that have lost their home there's not there, it's not a heavily populated area this is a this is strategic and this is this is terrible but i'm guessing this morning that pastor hill is in his pulpit today standing trying to preach faith back into somebody else while he has lost everything but he hasn't lost his song and i told him this morning come on man i am with you i'm standing with you and oh yeah i say all the right things you know if you need anything i'm here for you all of the above, but I'm going to tell you I can. I'm limited in what I'm able to do, but there is a God in heaven that is able to strengthen. I'm not preaching to Him this morning, but I'm preaching to somebody that has been going through it. And you've lost your song. I feel the help of the Holy Ghost today. Somebody's lost your song, somebody's lost your joy, somebody's lost your peace. But God sent this preacher this morning to tell you the song lives, the song lives. Lives. just stand up and say, oh God, we're not going to stop and live here, we're going through this, we're going through this, shout, I'm going through this, oh come on, say it like you mean it, I'm going through this. There's a whole difference in the attitude. If I can get you to leave here this morning instead of saying, "Well, I hope I'm going," th- if I can get somebody to leave here saying, "I am going through this." I am getting my song back. I am getting my joy back. I'm getting my peace back and my hope back. And everything the devil stole from me, I'm going to get it back this morning. If I can get somebody to begin to say it with faith, begin to say it with trust, begin to say it with hope, I'm going to tell you there's some people going to walk out of here from this Palm Sunday message and you're going to walk in here on Easter Sunday and something fresh is going to be living in you. If you will get it in your spirit this morning there can be a resurrection next week in your life you see we know the end of the story but the disciples didn't know Jesus knew but nobody else knew when they took him and spat upon him and mocked him, and plaited a crown of thorns and placed upon his head, when they marched him up to gawk off this hill, when they nailed him to a cross, the followers had heard, but they didn't really know. You see, we know this is Palm Sunday, but Easter's coming. They didn't know Easter was coming. And let me tell you, in your life this morning, there's some of you that walked in, and it's Palm Sunday in your life, because you feel like you've lost everything, and you've lost your song, but I'm telling you, there's a resurrection day coming. I feel it so strong in my spirit today to tell somebody that that thing in your life that feels like it is dead and gone and past and you have sat down and wept over it and hung the harp on the willow, get up. There is a song after this storm passes over and you're going to live again and you're going to thrive again and you're going to find hope again and you're going to find peace again. I'm not just cheerleading somebody today, but I feel in the st- spirit that God would have me tell somebody there is hope for you it's not over Israel sat down hung their harps on the willow that was a sign hanging harps on the willow that was a sign that they didn't feel like they they were going to be needing those because they were nearing If the enemy ever thinks that he can get you to give up hope. Israel, for a time, had lost their song. And we all get into trouble when we lose our song. Because your song is the expression of your faith and the declaration of your victory. I'm going to tell you, I've learned a few things in my 55 years. I've been in and around the church most of my, all of my life. I was born, my father was a, my pastor. He was pastor in a church when I was born. I grew up on the second row, right about where Brother Chad's sitting this morning. I grew up sitting there until I was old enough to move forward and sit on the front row. And I suppose I probably have sat on the front, front or second row on this side of the church most I've grown up in and around the church and I've seen people come and go and things come and go and I've seen difficulty come. I've seen struggle come into people's life. And this much that I know, when people start being negative and their conversation is negative and it's always about what's wrong, what's broken, what's bad and getting worse, those individuals, I've never seen those individuals walk in any kind of peace, in any kind of contentment, I've never seen prosperity and blessing come to them. You see, sometimes we feel like we need our story heard. And there's nothing wrong with your story being heard. There's a place and there's a time for weeping. As a matter of fact, the Bible said to everything, there is a time and a season. And so there is a season for your story to be heard. There is a season for you to weep over what's happened in your past. There is a season for you to mourn. There is a season for you to weep. There is a season for you to share what you've been through with somebody. But if you try to live there and build a house there, you're going to live a miserable existence for the rest of your life. Or you can change your vocabulary. My wife and I just concluded a marriage retreat this weekend. We've been in Goshen, Indiana, leading a marriage retreat. We had about five or six. Sessions that we had to do. And yesterday, I told them, if you want to change your mind, you're going to have to first begin to change your vocabulary. You're going to have to learn to speak some things before you really believe them. You've got to speak them in faith. Speak them prophetically. Oh, pastor, I'm a realist. Your words are declaring that you are negative. What you've got to do is begin to speak. There, I I may be in it, but I'm getting better. I may be going through it, but there's another side to it. You have got to begin to speak prophetically what you're you want to see happen in your life. This isn't name it and claim it but this is telling you that if you grovel in despair you will stay there but you've got to change your vocabulary and begin to say there's a song out there and I'm looking for it. I may have been through it but I'm getting better and I'm coming out the other side. If you are surrounded by people who all they want to do is sit and mumble and complain and murmur about everything that is wrong and what is going on change your friends you don't have to hurt their feelings but change your friends find somebody that will speak faith and hope my wife shared yesterday two to three years ago we were in quite a different setting than we are today and most of you know the story of cancer diagnosis and walking through some very very dark days Sister Shana's walking through some of those terrible trying times, although she has a wonderful report, but she's not quite through with all the treatment, but I thank God she's coming out the other side. Yeah. And through all of this, Sister Shauna, you have encouraged me because you've kept the faith through all of it. And never had pity parties. You've gone through it. I've seen it. I see it on your face when you go through it. My wife shared with the group yesterday when she was going through the darkest of days. She said she had some friends that called. And they wanted to come over. And they wanted to sit at the house. And they wanted to talk about where she was. And let her just pour her, herself out and share with them. And she, she talked about people wanting to come and bring slippers. And and, and, and if you brought slippers to her, it says, no. Uh, oh Jesus, help me right now. Everybody wanted to bring slippers and blankets, and she loved them, and it helped her, and it strengthened her and all the above. But when she, she was in the middle of all of that, she told that group yesterday, am I all right telling this? She told that group yesterday, she said, when I was going through all of that, she said, I didn't need somebody to come and cry with me. I needed somebody to come and help me laugh. I needed to find joy in living because chemo had about taken it all out of me. I needed somebody that would encourage me, strengthen me, tell something funny. And she started talking about funny things that happened between she and I during that time when we had to laugh at each other and laugh at where we were and laugh at what we're going through. And she even shared a photo of her that that she has laughed about. She got up one Sunday morning and she got all dressed for church. She didn't have any hair. She didn't have any eyebrows eyelashes and she was about as pale as the white dress that she was wearing and she got all dressed and she got her she was ready to walk out and she looked in the mirror and she said my word I feel like I need to go to the airport and sell roses she had two choices she could laugh or she could cry And if your friend group is pulling you down and keep pulling you back, come on, somebody. You need to get with somebody that will say, come on, God's going to get you through it. We've got faith to believe it's not over yet. It's not over yet. You've still got some life to live. Morrison Morton said, there is no medicine like hope, no incentive so great, no tonic so powerful as expectation of something better tomorrow. When hope is gone, fear rules. And we lose our song. I've got to hasten this morning. But I just, if, if you miss everything else, if you just walk out of here just saying this over and over again in your mind, there's a song. There's a song after the storm. If you'll just leave, why don't you just say that with me? There's a song after the storm. Mm, come on, say it like you mean it. There's a song after the storm. Why don't you personalize it? There's a song after my storm. Come on, you. There's a lot of you that's been in the storm. You've gone through loss. You've dealt with death. You've left. You've dealt with financial things you've dealt you have dealt with physical ailment there is so much that this church has been through over the last few years but I'm coming this morning to encourage you by telling you there's a song coming there's a song coming come on the most destructive thing of the human mind is losing hope fear grows in darkness if you think there's a boogeyman around every corner somebody needs to turn the light of hope on and I'm here to do it this morning to tell you get up from where you are I served four years at Calvary Tabernacle in Indianapolis, and Pastor Mooney was an interesting guy, and, and I, I was able to go with him on a, on a home visit, and it was in my early days of being there, and I think he was just checking to see how I handled those settings, and uh, he was getting ready to go, and he said, Phil, come on, jump in the car and ride with me, and I jumped in and rode with him, and we rode uh, to the north side of Indianapolis, and we went to a particular home. Before we got there, he said, now, he gave me a little rundown about the individual. He said, I've been here a few times, and said, she's in terrible shape. And he said, but she's given up all hope. And we walked into that home, and uh, when we got there, the doors were locked, curtains were pulled, and so we knocked on the door, and we sat a few minutes, and finally the door opened, and it just barely cracked open, it was like this little look out the door. It wasn't like we hadn't called and said, we're coming, and so this is kind of peeked around the corner, and looked out, and in, in the larger-than-life personality of Pastor Paul Mooney, he said, he said, hey! She kind of smiled and he said, Can we come in? (laughs) She backed up from the door. He opened the door, pushed the door wide open. She started to pull it. He said, No, 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 no. Leave this door open. I can't have this door closed. And she looked at him funny. He walked over. He starts pulling the. He starts pulling the curtains back. He started. He said, "We gotta." He said, can, "Can I? Can I open your windows?" He starts opening the windows. He starts pulling the curtains back. He starts letting some sunlight in. He said, "Listen, it's too dark in here. It's dreary in here." He said, "I feel the spirit of infirmity all over this house." He said, "You want God to touch you?" He said, "He's going to start with touching your mind right now." And he walked around that house, opening curtains, opening windows, letting the air blow in. We started a prayer meeting in there. He started singing. Before you know it, that lady's worshiping and smiling. He said, it feels better in here. Sometimes you need to just find your song. You need to just turn on your music on a bad day and say, you know what? I'm going through it, but I'm going to dance anyway. I'm going through it, but I'm going to find joy anyway. I'm going through it, but I'm going to worship anyway. I'm not coming to church just to see if they'll throw a pity party, but I'm coming to give God praise. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world there is something greater than what I'm going through so they required of them a song and they said in other words they were mocking them they required of him come on sing now sing now tell you something there's there's two wonderful couples sitting on this front row right here and I know both of these couples pretty well and I know some of the things they've been through I remember when brother Danny and sister Cheryl my goodness 16 17 years ago received a report baby that she was carrying had an extra chromosome, I believe it was, I think it's called trisomy 18. And the doctor was talking about to them about possibly ending that pregnancy and they said, we're not even discussing that. Thank God for that. up to church, and the Sunday after, Sister Cheryl walked to that keyboard, Pastor Danny walked to this pulpit and picked up a microphone and started leading us in worship and started talking about the goodness of God. You see, you think just because Sister Ashley, newcomer, got up here this morning and led us in worship that everything must be going great in their life. And I'm not here to preach sad songs. But I am coming this morning to tell you that just because they stand on this platform and they worship and they smile and they lead doesn't mean that they're not going through some things in their own personal life that would wreak havoc on most people. But yet they refuse to give up their song. So they walk to this podium week after week. They walk and pick up a guitar. They get on that those drums. They get in this pulpit. Or the preacher walks to this pulpit and preaches after he has been through it all week. Come on, you're not by yourself. You are not alone. You are. I don't know why I feel this the way I'm not even sure who I may be ministering to right now, but I'm way off of these notes that I have. But I came to tell somebody, you are not alone. We've all been through it and we're all going through it and you're going to come out the other side because God said so. Is Israel, they were not in a good place. And their excuse was, how can we sing the Lord's song in this strange land? We got to wait till our circumstances, we got to wait till the environment changes before we can sing. I can only imagine the overwhelming feeling of walking up to the place that was once your home, everything you own. Is gone. Everything looks different, unrecognizable. The trees gone. Everything seems strange. Walking up. I can't imagine what Pastor Hill saw yesterday morning in the early hours of the morning after daylight when he walked up and looked around and said, This doesn't even look like. I just wonder if someone in the house today has ever looked at your life and said, this is not the way I imagined it. This is not the way I thought it was going to turn out. This is not the way it was supposed to. Oh, I remember. I remember when the diagnosis came. My wife and I were on vacation. We felt we had life by the tail. Everything was going wonderful, going our way. We were blessed in every way we got a diagnosis of cancer and it didn't even seem real. I remember, not us, that's, that's somebody else. I can't imagine what Pastor Hill experienced when he walked up and began to look around and his belongings scattered through the treetops and, and the devastation and began to walk around and pick up a few things. And when I saw, when I saw that picture of him holding that broken guitar, something came over me and said, Buddy, just remember, the instrument may be broken, but you still have the song. Because he didn't walk up there weeping and crying and saying it's over. He picked up the guitar and he starts looking at how can I put this thing back together. I wonder where I can send this to, that somebody can restore this and put it back together. I'm going to tell somebody this morning that your life may feel broken by the storm that you've been through, but the master is in this house this morning, and he wants to form and shape and put your life back together. He wants to, he wants to fitly frame everything back together. He wants to form and shape your life, that the enemy has broken, that life has broken, that the storm has broken. You can stand with me today if you'd like to, but I came this morning to tell somebody somebody, that the enemy has broken you, but God wants to put you back together today. He wants to give you back what you have lost. He wants to restore to you the things that the enemy in life has taken from you. Maybe I don't know specifically who I'm preaching to today. Maybe it's because I'm speaking to so many in this room this morning. The enemy has caused you to believe that the song is ended, and that the season is over, and that your opportunity is over, but your season's not over. It was a few months ago that the enemy spoke to me and told me, Your season is past. Your opportunity is past. Your season is over. And your best days are behind you. As I'm battling with things that I've never spoken of in this pulpit, but thoughts in my mind, questions. Is this it? Is this all God has? Is this as far as I'm supposed to go? And It was on a Friday night right here in this sanctuary in February of the awakening when Pastor Aaron Bounds walked over to me, and I'm standing right by this speaker right here. I'm standing right down there, and he's on the platform, and he walked over and stepped down. And he got right in my face and spoke to me prophetically. And he said, The words the enemy have been speaking to you are nothing but lies. God is not finished with you, you are not done, and it is not over. Your best days are not behind you. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but that prophecy was not just for me, but that's for somebody in this room today. God wants to put your life back together and give you what you thought you had lost. He's going to rebuild it and put it back together better than you ever thought it could be. If it's you I'm talking to today, why don't you walk to the front of this room and let God start it right now in you. Why don't you let him start putting it together? It's not over. The enemy wanted you to believe it was over. There's a song after the storm. This is your moment. This is your opportunity. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to no expectations out of you today. Just walk forward from where you are and say to God, I'm here. I don't understand it all. But put it back together, God. Thank you for responding. There's still room. There's still room here all in the front. Why don't you come and pray for a moment? Just you and God. Just respond to what God is saying.